Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And Doug, have you watched any good movies lately? Have I watched any good movies lately? I have mean, you watched? Can I rephrase that question? Mm. Have you watched any movies lately? I have watched movies. I've watched a lot of movies lately. Have, have you watched any movie that that by its pure nature is d- defined as a movie, and that's where it ends? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, and for everyone who's on the pins and needles, like, what movie could this possibly be? We referenced it years ago. We did. Probably in 2017, probably again in 2018, maybe again in 2019. And before we go down this road, I want to say shout out to Haig. This one's for you, buddy. Thank you for buying me this movie. Before years we go ago. down before we go down this road, I actually have a special message for you. Oh shit. Hey guys, uh, a little bird, and by little bird I mean Doug, uh, told me that he finally watched the movie I got him because I knew he just wanted to watch it, Rampage with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now, I'm going to uh, put a disclaimer in here because I know Doug has selective memories. So if we ever try to say that I said this was a good movie, that is never what I said. I said it was an entertaining movie, and I felt that Doug was being overly critical, having never even seen the movie when he heard it came out. So I just want to set that expectation. We can always go back to that episode of Mind Gap if you want to, to, to hear him rant about it, or actually, uh, probably just rant about it. Anyway, um, so I'm curious, Doug, what you really thought of the movie. Again, I would never say it's a good movie. I will say it was entertaining. Take care, guys. There wow. you go. From the hey. man, the myth, the legend, the purchaser of that movie. Wow. Um, first of all, Hag, thank you for, for sending it over. You sound great, man. This is a good recording. Well, 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 well done, sir. Uh, and he's absolutely right. Thank you for the disclaimer. Um, I, I don't think I would have gone down that road of being like, Hag said it was a good movie. <laughs> Hag... Give me a little more credit than that, all right? I know. I, I know what you're saying. You're saying you're a firm believer of just in pure entertainment, right? You're not looking for, you know, you never said it's an Oscar-winning movie. I understand The, the year that. it came out, Haig ran a very, very blistering social media campaign when it got snubbed at the Oscars. <laughs> he was picketing, you know? He, he was just he like, was. It, it put the rider strike to shame, the, oh, the, the campaign he went on. He was just yeah. like... You should have seen the signs... Yeah. You want to like, talk about inappropriate. He's like, Rampage. He's like, what? Are you, sir? Are you, are you going on a rampage? He's like, no, the movie, Rampage, with a big monkey in it. I'm sorry, ape. You know? The white ape. Do, do they make that distinction in the in the film? I mean, it's, tell me, tell me that's like a that's a that's a running gag or something. Well, it was in in the Planet of the Apes movies that I watched. Okay. Where like this monkey, they're like they're apes. They're different than monkeys. They're different. Um, so yes, uh, this long ago, long, long ago, uh, I found out they were making this movie rampage based on the hit classic arcade game rampage. And to my, I was thinking, I was like, I don't know, man, that's weird source material to go to, to be like, we need to make a movie 
based on this game where you can be one of three different creatures that basically wrecks the shit out of cities. Like, right. And someone was like, I got an idea to make a movie starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Let's do this. Um, and uh, I was just like, I was, I was on the, my, my argument was like, why? Just why are we doing this? Right? Because you could argue that, um, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, when they announced that, I'm like, what? They're making a movie sure. based on a ride? Right. What right. are we doing? And solid, solid movie. I mean, they got progressively worse. But that first one's solid, you know? Solid. Barbie, haven't seen it, but boy, it's made over a billion dollars. It's based on a toy, right? right? People are going crazy for it. You know, they're they're it's it's possible to take something. I'm a I'm always gonna be a little suspicious when the premise is like a product like and that. Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. You should be suspicious. I'm like, huh? Because we've been raised in a capitalist society, Doug. Right. If you're like, oh, this is based on a book. This is based on, you know, I don't know, based on a true story or whatever. Like, okay, that has some sort of elements in it already. But if you're like, uh -huh. here's this arcade game. And we're going to make a movie based on this arcade game. Like, there's no story to that game. Right. There's <laughs> it's just literally no story. You've yeah. Put, Put in a quarter, choose your monster, and go fuck shit up. Like that was, <laughs> that was basically how it went. So I mean, who's to say? You can make you can make something out of it, I suppose. But uh, so I was railing on this movie for a long time. Didn't plan on seeing it. Didn't want to see it. And Haig, being the very clever guy that he is, he bought that movie for me and sent it over. And I graciously, I graciously accepted. I remember him saying he was surprised that I accepted it. I was like, of course I did. You you spent money on a bit. I'm going to accept the money right. for the bit. Like, that's legit. Like, and then for years, this movie has sat in my library. And we would scroll past it. And Natalie's like, Dad, what movie is that? And Mom would be like, that's Dad's movie. And I'm like, God damn it. Don't say it's my movie. She's like, well, whose movie is it? Because it's not mine. I'm like, that's yeah. fair. It's not. And I was like, I will watch it at some point. I will, at some point, I will watch it. And for whatever now, reason, you know. For a little while, the plan was, before the pandemic happened and before I moved away, the plan was that you and I were going to take some time, watch that, and then record an episode live together. That mm -hmm. was that was originally, we were like, that's going to be the content right there. Yeah. Unfortunately, we never got around to that because we procrastinated. I think in your case, fortunately, we never got around to that. Ooh, okay. So, Ooh, okay. Ooh, little little sneak peek of the review. Big surprise, gang. It's coming. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, we had a movie night for the family, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's put this on. We'll see if, you know, Natalie's here. And Natalie asked me multiple times. She's like, Dad, is this movie appropriate for me? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I was like, hey, you've watched, uh, you've watched Avengers? You've watched two of the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. Um, I was like, you've you've watched plenty of stuff, you know, that some people would be like, ah, that's kind of on the cusp. I'm like, I think this should fit in there. I'm like, it's not R. I know that much. So. You watched Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2. Totally you know. fine with that one. You've yeah. watched, uh, what was it, uh, Nymphomaniac or right. whatever? Right. You watched The Human Centipede. The Human Centipede. Yeah, right. We've watched Saw. Right. Saw 2. Saw 3. Please keep going. Spiral, <laughs> Jaws four, but not the not the other ones. Just Jaws four. <laughs> just Jaws four. Godfather three. <laughs> we like to start at the end and work our way back. We're non-traditional when it comes to trilogies. <laughs> we watched Jason in space. 
<laughs> Jason in space. We've watched Halloween ends, you know? <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> and that was the tale of Michael Myers. I don't get it. Nobody does. <laughs> Some people have seen all of this and they don't get it. They don't they get still any don't of it. Get it. Yeah, they don't understand oh any God. of it. Anyway, so yeah, finally so, the time came. You said, "Fuck it, we're 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 putting this on." Yeah, Jill's like, "Cool, I'm gonna put an audiobook on, and uh, I'll be over here." Had <laughs> absolutely no interest in watching it. Uh, so, um, uh, right off the top, uh, right off the bat, I'll say uh, it, it just is right. It qual- it is a movie. It it is a movie. It is technically a movie, and um, I felt like my interest started out strong. One of the things I texted Hag that I was watching it, he goes, hey, keep an open mind. I was like, I love, on. I love that. I was like, listen, I get why you would say that. I do. Based on the shit that I've said, like I, yeah. I was going in with no expectations. I was just like, whatever, we're going to watch this film. We're going to have a good time. And it started out like, cool, I'm enjoying it. And then it's just like, there's just a slippery slope of my interest Yeah. as time went on. To the point where I was just like, man, I don't even know if I remember some of the details about this movie. It is so <clears throat> forgettable and uh, <laughs> and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, so did Natalie like it? Is is the the first question I want to start with? I think she did. I don't think it's going to be a, a core memory for her for watching this movie with me. She, uh, you know, was watching it and whatnot, and I, I think she had a good time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I picked it because I'm like, hey, we just we, we watched the first two uh, Planet of the Apes movies. You know, she loves Godzilla, shit like that. I'm like, this seems right up her alley. It's right, right in there. Yeah, you know, I was like, this seems like it could be interesting. Um, the challenge with her is like something would happen. She's like, oh wow, and then literally a minute later, something happened because of that thing that happened. She's like, wow, why is this happening? I'm like, you literally just saw why this is happening. So even Natalie was checking out of this movie. No, she's just seven years old, and she has a hard time following facts sometimes. It's just oh, like, yeah, okay, fair enough. I'm like, literally just happened, child. Yeah. Literally just just happened. Um, so the premise of this film is that um, there are these canisters of, which is actually interesting, because the time when this movie came out, we were really talking a lot about CRISPR. And gene editing. Ah, yes. And yes, that's yes, what this I forgot movie is, about that. That's what this movie is based on. It's based okay. on the idea that uh, this corporation, of course it's a corporation, has invested in finding a way to use this CRISPR gene editing technology to create animals that have a mix of a whole bunch of different genes. Okay. And um, they're testing it in space because... Of course. The world determined that the CRISPR gene is is considered basically like an illegal weapon, a weapon of mass destruction. So they can't do it. So they're like, well, we'll test in space where there's no jurisdiction. Naturally, things go awry. Things go wrong. They're testing on a rat who gets grows really big and just absolutely decimates the space station. But the research gets out and lands in three different spots that just so happen to be, I think, in America. At least North America, I, I believe, because it so it's San Diego, it's the Everglades, and I think where the wolf was was maybe Canada at the most northern. So all okay. three of them were right in North America, you know. Okay. And uh, they, these 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 things land, and they let it, they emit a green gas, and the animals that breathe it in all of a sudden um, begin to grow at a an alarming rate. 
And they start to, some of them exhibit different attributes based on what they breathed in. Oddly enough, one of the creatures just got bigger. So, um, so like what, what I was referencing before is like Natalie watched this wolf inhale this green gas. And then like a minute later, it's like, oh my God, this entire pack of wolves has been murdered. She's like, whoa, who did that? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> probably the wolf. Well, why? What happened? It's like. You just saw it inhale the gas. Like, you Let's know, use context like, clues here. Yeah. Right? Same thing like this gorilla, this albino gorilla breathes it in and then he's bigger. It's like, why? what happened? Why did he get so big? I'm like, you just saw him. Breathe in the gas, kid. He breathed Pro- in the gas. Protein. Yeah, protein. Natalie, protein. And he does not skip chest day. That's right. So um, The Rock is a uh, an animal enthusiast who is looking after the gorilla's the gorillas encampment enclosure at the San Diego Zoo. He's just an animal enthusiast. He's not even He doesn't even a like humans. That's an ongoing thing. He's like he doesn't like humans. Got it. Done. He prefers okay. to hang out with animals because humans are gross. I don't um, disagree with that point, but yeah. yes. It's it's very good. So he's like he knows he can he signs with George the gorilla. You know, they can talk. There's actually some pretty funny banter between those two. <laughs> like they carry on like the gorilla understands sarcasm, which I'm like that's where I checked out. I was like, fuck you. Gorillas can, don't know sarcasm. I can accept mutant rats in space. I will not accept sarcasm in, in apes. Gorillas? Because he, he just starts flipping the bird. Yeah. Like the, it, it's, it's great. You know, it's very, very funny. Um, no, actually, I found that to be very entertaining. Like, there's a couple of, there's like a, a joke in the beginning, and then like they do a callback at the end. I'm like, ah, that's pretty good. That's well done. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, we follow as we learn that there's this evil corporation. Um, one of my hangups with it is just like the story is pretty rough. It's like pretty, uh, pretty loose. It plays pretty rough and loose. And the villains are just hilariously villains. Are just, they just uh, muha villains? Yes. Yeah. They're like, we're making this to make money. <laughs> Marvelous. <laughs> so let's face it. That's what corporations do. All right. So the yeah. thing well, that, again, that is true. It's that's grounded in reality, Doug. But uh, I prefer a villain. I can at least you know have some sort of empathy for, or at least understand sure. their point of view. They're like, we're evil corporation people, brother and sister. He he he. Now we'll make sure that blah blah blah. I was like, all right, whatever. So essentially, there's a uh, a gorilla, a wolf, and uh, an alligator. That all get infected with this thing. Now, the alligator, we don't hear from for 85% of the film. I like love we it. See, so that's, we that's see, obviously the, the, the smoking gun. That's the one that comes, uh, comes in right at the end. We see it get infected. And then at one point, there's a reference to it. And it, we kind of see it, kind of. And then it doesn't show up again until like the middle of the third act when the big fight's going down in Chicago. And it's like, Cool. I kind of feel like I didn't get to know this creature. It bums me out. You know, it's just like, oh, by the way, this thing just showed up. And it's like, cool. Cool. Um, and uh, we watch as the wolf just ravages, you know, a special ops team that was sent there to capture it and kill it. And then, you know, the gorilla is captured by the government. It's taken. And then, and then, and then they turn on a radio signal, which makes the animals crazy with rage. And they're trying to get to Chicago. We're at the top of the Willis Towers where the signal's coming from. And then they're oh. rampaging through the streets of Chicago trying to get use, to this signal. 
Did they use the, the name of the film? Did they say no. it? Here's a weird little Easter egg. In the office the uh, of these, you know, these co-CEOs, brother yeah. and sister, as they're talking in the background, there's a Rampage arcade game. You're kidding me. No. It was such a weird sort of like, hey, you know so, what this is based on? That thing uh, back there. Uh, and they call like the Rampage uh, like virus or whatever it's it's called the rampage project prod you know project i'm like you named it after the fucking arcade game that's in your office that's lazy i knew a guy in college whenever we would play games <laughs> and he had to come up with a screen name he would literally look around his desk and be like uh uh he'd be like pen bottle <laughs> like he would just or he'd find like this the some absurd like you'd be like Dell yeah. I'm Dell like just that's what I felt like they were doing like yeah. what are we gonna name this project uh Rampage right it's Rampage that Rampage I'm like you're telling me that these asshats are in their office playing Rampage right no. doubt it highly doubt it um so uh yeah it was somehow we also learned that the Rock's character is also some sort of badass I don't know military guy I mean, I guess to some degree, just, when you start a movie with The Rock, that is a given. Yeah. You assume that until told otherwise. Which, by the way, Rock was very enjoyable to watch in this movie. He's I, enjoyable. And I i don't know that I've seen a movie that I've not enjoyed him in. He's very fun. He's very fun to watch in that in that movie. He's great. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's fine. The action was fine. Uh, the guy who plays Negan in The Walking Dead. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, that's his name. Uh, heir to the, you know. Jimmy Dean sausage. That's Empire, how that works. You know, and Morgan and Morgan, you know, <laughs> the the law firm, I think is what it is. You know, yep. Accident. It's the law firm that rep, that represents the Jimmy Dean sausage. Factory. That's exactly yeah. what it is. You know, because Morgan and Morgan, 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 they, uh, you know, you get in an accident. They're there for you. They're going to take care of you. You know, largest law firm in the nation. Get, know, back on the exit, get back on the on-ramp, Doug. That's right. Get back on it. Um, he plays this guy. like he's. It's so weird. He's like, a, a, what is it? An, an other agency, government guy. You never figure out which agency he works for. Sure, yeah. But he's uh, he's he has a real Texas draw. And he has like a nickel-plated gun that he wears like in the front, like a holster, like a cowboy. And they keep calling him cowboy. He's like, I'm tired of your cowboy ways. He's like, hey, man, this is what I'm going to do. You know, <laughs> I'm like, and I never see him use his gun, but he's just got it in the holster in the front. Yeah. And he's just like very cool, <clears throat> like, whatever, you know, <clears throat> it, I'm like, I don't know. This is very strange. I, I feel that, like I need to see this movie now. You're yeah, selling it to me. Like, I don't know if you need to, but you can. It's a movie. It's out there. I feel um, like I will start to wither away and die if I don't see this movie, Doug. Yeah, there's just certain things that, um, you know, w when things start kind of going off the rails for me, I just I start getting nitpicky with stuff. Like, yeah. for example, that I just start noticing. I'm like, why is this guy even allowed in the military area? Like he's with some other government agency. Right. He's like, I'm an OGA, other he's government got agency. Top clearance. But like no one addresses where he, uh, he's, he's just I'm like, who? He doesn't have a team with him. Right. It's just him. Right. And he's just like navigating around doing stuff like that and i don't know it's it's just and then um there's a part where the rocket's shot like right in the stomach but then you're like oh my god he got shot but then he just like shows up a few minutes later he's like Whew, good thing it was it wasn't bad 
And then he's just like running around like no big deal. I'm like, dude, you got shot in the stomach, man. Like he's like, nah, it's just, just a little in the side. I'm like, what? No, Luckily, even I if pooped, it was an in and out. Bullet out. Even if it was an in and out, I'm like, you're going to be having, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like, and then these monsters are just like attacking the city. The military's there. They're shooting shit at them and nothing hurts them. And then in this big epic moment, you know, uh, he's able to turn the gorilla, you know, turn off the aggression. And he and the gorilla start going toe to toe with these other monsters. And what does the rock do? He gets like, I don't know, a fucking grenade launcher. He starts like shooting it at Hell them. Yeah. I'm like, dude, the military was just out here. Like firing all sorts of shit at these things doesn't do anything. Guess what? His grenades don't do anything. You know? Oh no! Right? I just I don't know. I was like I understand. It's like what are you gonna do? Nothing. You know? What? <laughs> it's like it's like in Saving Private Ryan when Tom Hanks' character is like laying against the wall at the end. He's just like taking he's, his pistol yeah. shooting at the tanks. He's like he's just yeah. like fuck you. You know? I'm gonna do what I can. Sort I'm gonna situation. go out doing something. Yeah. But like you know, it's this giant gorilla and a tiny little guy, you know, fighting these giant monsters. And he's like, "All right, let's do this!" Boom, boom. Like it's not gonna hurt him, man. Like it's not gonna do anything. It's just, and it got to. It kind of reminded me of like Transformers in a sense, where at some point I'm like, "This action needs to stop. This is getting right. exhausting." This, uh, oh my god, the gorilla's about to die. Oh wait. The rock got the thing's attention. Oh no, the rock's about to die. Oh, the gorilla, he's in and out. He's fighting and he saved his life. And oh yeah. no, the gorilla's in danger again. But the rock got his attention. I'm like, okay, all right. Make it stop. Let it end, please. This would be great. So um, I would say, all in all, it is a movie. Um, to Hag's credit, I mean, it kind of entertained me. Um, okay. The, the plot is pretty, it's not the worst plot I've ever heard of or. It's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's a, it's a solid, you know, C minus, you know? Okay. I was going to say, if you could, yeah, if you could rate it. I didn't know what scale we were going on, but A I'm not a running F. back to watch it again anytime soon. Sure. That's, that's a big thing for me, like rewatchability. I'm like, I don't know, maybe in the distant future of now, he's like, hey, dad, for movie night, can we watch this again? I'm like, yeah, sure. I've probably forgotten most of it. So why yeah. not? Like, let's turn that back on, you know, and just, you know. Have you have you watched a movie? I, I, there was a movie I watched recently that I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I I hadn't seen it in a while. It was the Mission Impossible movies. I, I just had, started. I ju- I've never gone through those, and I literally about a month ago started. I, I watched one, and I'm almost done with two. I'm taking I my time, but yeah. I haven't bothered with two. Never have. Never will. I'm like I, I'm, I'm one of those one. people. I got OCD in the sense that like if if. If there's a sec, if you know, if there's like ten, I've got to watch them in order. I got I have to do it. I can't skip one. If there's one universal truth I've heard from everyone is that two is skippable and should be skipped. So. Well, Haig said it didn't really kick in until four. Like he was like, that's when like the Mission Impossible. It's when it got it stepped away from campy and got like good, good action. I'd argue the third one's pretty solid. That's really? uh, okay. JJ right. Abrams directed that one, and that one's pretty good. Okay, and um. I just recently rewatched the first one. Love the first one. So good. And then I was like, ah, I guess it's, I'll I'll watch. I was like, I think I've seen the third one. Yeah. Didn't remember much okay. about it. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. This is fun. I go, I think I, I was like, I don't remember how this ends. Like completely forgot most of it, which made the rewatch enjoyable. Then I'm like, I guess I'll watch the fourth one. And I realized I'm like, oh, fuck, I've seen the fourth one. 
but I don't remember watching it because I'm like, oh shit, this is the, oh, oh, I thought this was the, th okay, uh, I have seen this, <laughs> don't remember jack shit about it, so, yeah. I've had that here happen we go. With, I've had that happen before for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's, cause then you, you're, I was convinced, I can't remember what it was, but I remember watching it and I was convinced, I'm like, I haven't seen this though. I, I was like, I know I haven't seen it. But I was calling scenes that were coming up, and I was it obviously had seen it, but could not. I couldn't convince myself that I had seen it, even yeah. though I obviously had. It was still in my mind. I'm like, I know I haven't seen this. Yeah. When did those, I see it? I have no memory of this. Those are enjoyable. Uh, those movies, <laughs> Mission Impossible ones, but it also gets to the point where I'm like, okay. little formulaic. I'm just like, yeah. Where where are you getting all these gadgets, guys? What where you just have this readily available just yeah. to be like, bam, because they, they will go to the effort to show you like, oh, we're going to make a fake face and this is what we got to do to get there and everything like that. It's like very impressive. But then also they're like, we have this exact thing that we need for this exact very specific situation right. on hand. Because well, also, they're generally working with like, oh no, we're on our own because there's ghost protocol or whatever, you know? And I'm like, but you still have access to all this shit, you know? Right. Like You've got full agency you know? resources. Right. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I mean, the stuff that they do is really cool. And I yeah. love, you know, like their um, charisma and their ability to like navigate through social situations and problem solve on the fly. I'm like, it's really cool. The action is very fun, but there's also some times where I'm like, we just have this available. Like, here's what we're going to do. I'm like, that's what you're going to do. Like, you're going to have that just readily available to use at, at a whim. And it's like, okay. And then also because I watched all this stuff, like back to back to back, I'm like, can we also address the fact that your organization's called uh, IMF? Do you know what IMF stands for, Justin? IMF? Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the Mission Impossible world? Yeah. The organization he works for, Tom Cruise's character works for, Ethan Hunt works for us, is IMF. Do you know what IMF stands for? Oh, it's like... Uh, IMF. Isn't it like a mission, Impossible Mission Foundation or something? Boy, that sounds... I'm just saying. I don't know if that sounds better or worse than what... It's Impossible Mission Force. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Like they, I, When I heard that in the first film, I'm like, wait, is they referencing something else? Or that can't be... They can't be what... No, they are. Okay, fair enough. I'm yeah. sure that's from the TV show and everything like that. You know, that's what it is. But, but like, still, it, it, talk I'm like, about... No, just, just call yourselves IMF. Like, you're MTV. It doesn't stand for anything. You're just MTV. You know, right. just like... Your IMF. Like, uh, don't be like, we're impossible mission force. Do, 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 do. You know, it's just like, it sounds okay. like a, all right, 10 year old Bruce. Thank you. I was going to say, it sounds like a, uh, it sounds like a morning, a kid's Saturday yeah. morning kids cartoon. Hey, Kevin, you want to be a part of the impossible mission force? Cause we're going to go on a bunch <laughs> of secret missions to save the world. But watch out. We're in the president's enacted ghost protocol. So we're on our own. Put on your favorite person mask that you want to imitate because we're going deep undercover and we're going to be running at all times because tom cruise is fast really the, fast because he's contractually obligated to run in every i gotta film say dude in. i i love watching him run he, he puts, run he doesn't no one in hollywood runs like tom cruise listen tom cruise has flaws 
We all have flaws. Sure. I don't know if, if if I hung out with them regularly, I might be like, this guy is unsettling. But when it comes to making movies, that guy gives it everything he's fucking got. He mm-hmm. does not take it easy. He is there every step of the way. He commits with a capital C, and I fucking respect him. And the fact that I, I watch him sprinting in some of these scenes, I'm like, he's in a fucking suit. Right. And maybe dress shoes like it's it's supposed to make it seem like it's dress shoes and this guy's running like all out I right. mean, he's going hard i'm like god damn like well done sir like he, he he just he doesn't mess around when he's running he's it's it's funny because he's one of the last uh one of the last of a generation Samurai? of that's exactly what he is doug i yeah. don't know if you know this but uh he was a Civil War hero, and then uh, you know found his way over to Japan. Way that's back actually in the day. A, he's he's one of the few that's reached the last samurai rank in Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you didn't know that that movie was a documentary. He's like, he has him celebrating. He's like, I fucking got there. I, got I hit there. the rank. I leveled up. Last samurai, baby. Woo! Right. If you yeah, if you notice the uh, the executive producers on that, it's um, whatever the guy's name is. Okay, I, I blanked right at the last minute. That's the that's the one. Yeah, Zenu, <clears throat> um, Xanadu. No, he's he's one of the last of a uh, of the old guard. I feel like the Hollywood like it's it's a it's a breed of of movie star that doesn't exist anymore. Like we've got movie stars, but he is a box office movie star. Like he's one of those. Old school. You put him in a film, and you're gonna you're gonna make money at the box office. And he command. I've heard people talk about him in interviews um, or on podcasts, not in interviews on podcasts. Um, <clears throat> they're saying they. A lot of people say that he is one of the the last few actors who has the clout to tell the studio how it's gonna be. Yeah. You know, and they're like that again. Very old guard, old school. This is what it used to be, and he's. Not many people can tell a studio, no, this is how we're going to do this. And the studio goes, okay, whatever you want. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's he's got huge producing yeah. like strength. Like he's, you know, it's, there's endless stories of him being like, we're going to do this stunt. And the insurance company's like, no, we're not underwriting that. And he's like, well, you're fucking fired then. And he's yep. like, I'm going to find an insurance company that will do it because I'm going to fucking do this. And they're yeah. like, okay, yeah, go hang out of a jet. We're not insuring you for that. Okay. Like, <laughs> Well, he, I mean, he pushed, you know, to keep theater, uh, uh, you know, the theater um, windows, <clears throat> theatrical mm-hmm. windows is the word I'm looking for. Um, and again, was was able to get away with it because he is who he is. You know, he was able to tell the studio, nope, the movies that I'm doing are going to be X, Y, and Z. And, it's, and, it's and a, to be it's fair, um, he's been right. Like what, what he's what he's been <clears throat> yeah. promoting now when he stops he, being right. Yeah. That power is going to decrease, like uh, you know. But, but he he's knows the industry. Yeah. Like he's mm-hmm. really studied the industry. If you talk to, like, like he used to talk about, and, and he would on sets when he was younger. He would sit there and he would like study and ask questions, and he would go to each department and familiarize himself with what each department did. And he, he's really, really has the DNA of cinema, which is kind of cool. Been in the business his whole Forever. life. Yeah, I mean, I was just watching uh, the movie Taps. The other day, you familiar with that movie at all? I'm not. No, it's got um, God, it's got a young Sean Penn. It's got okay. Tom Cruise. It's got um, what's his name? Fuck, I can't remember it. Al Ron Hubbard. No, uh, the guy who played Patton. Uh, it's got what's his name? Timothy Hutton. 
Timothy. I don't know. All anyway, the, it's got a lot of actors. You're like, oh my god, look at these teenagers in this film. Sure, yeah. And Tom Timothy Cruise Hutton. is in that movie. You're right. Timothy Hutton. Um, yep. he, he's it's it's and he is phenomenal in that movie. He's like an intimidating teenager, and you know he's. I, I watched that recently. That's one of my favorite films. It's a sad movie, but it's a, a very enjoyable movie. Um, I go through these phases where I really like watching like boarding school movies, like Dead Poets Society. Really, Taps, um, fucking School Ties. Like when I'm just like, yeah, it's kind of like coming of age, but kids at like boarding schools. And I'm like, I rotate through these same movies where I'm like, ah, I kind of want to watch this. Like for what, I don't know what it is, but I'm like, yeah, I want to watch a, a boarding school movie about about young boys. You know, uh, what was the other one? Was it uh, it wasn't October Sky. It came out right around the same time. Uh, it was Michael Caine, wasn't it? This is about a boarding school. Good night, you princes mm. of Maine. You, um... I'm not familiar with it. Uh, quote. Here it is. The fuck is it from? The Cider House Rules. Ah, I feel. Have you seen that one? If you're no. in your boarding, if you're in your boarding school phase, check out the the Cider House Rules. Nice. Because yeah. what happens is I'll watch one of those and then I have to go and watch the other ones. Like I just, oh, so you? What I do. So one kicks you off, and it's yeah. just a path that you like, must walk. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I really, I really, I don't know what it is. It's something about that that age where you're trying to figure yourself out, and a lot of those deal with authority mm-hmm. and kids bucking. I actually, all of them deal with authority. Like with Dead Poet Society, it's about you know kids in this very strict fucking place, and you know they they're trying to follow the rules, but you know. Robin Williams is like, hey, you got to think for yourself. And they're trying to figure out what that means and trying to follow their dreams and whatever. And then School Ties is about a Jewish kid who gets like led into this boarding school that's basically a pipeline to Harvard because he's a good athlete and how he deals with that, trying to whether or not he admits that he's a Jew or not or whatever and how people, which I, I still like, man, when people are like in those movies are like, oh my God, a Jew. And I'm like, I don't get that. Like, I don't get the... <laughs> The ah, like I whatever like it's I've never <laughs> I've yeah. never grown hey I grew up in racist rural Missouri <clears throat> I didn't and, that's and that's one that of those things still didn't hit you that's I didn't know that many Jewish people and for whatever reason that never stuck I was always like I don't understand what the big deal is yeah. you know someone might be like I think he's half Jewish I'm like okay what I'm, what half Methodist maybe like right. it doesn't work like that I'm like okay I don't understand how any of this works or something to say like I'm an eighth Jewish I'm like what yeah that, yeah <laughs> I don't know what that means I don't understand it but there's that one and then taps is about you know also kids dealing with authority and the idea of what honor is and you know bucking authority and stuff like that so yeah I I don't know anyway Tom Cruise is in that movie that was the point <laughs> he's young Tom Cruise and he was great you know. And uh, the other day there was like a bunch of uh, Apple or iMovies will have sales and stuff. It's like Tom yeah, Cruise, yeah. you know, best of. And I'm just like scrolling at all these fucking movies that he was in. I was like, oh, my God. 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 list of films is insane. It is absolutely insane. Absolutely. The thing, too, is just like there's a lot of classics in there, man. Oh, there's yeah. So many classic films that he's in. And it's like, God damn. Like, oh, 
So, so impressive. So I, I floated the idea uh, when Drew and I were talking about um, some stunt casting for Love and Improv. I was like, you know, they always talk about, you know, shoot for the moon. So I, I go to him. I go, well, for for Grace's dad, what about Tom Cruise? And he goes, <laughs> he's, he paused in a perfect, perfect amount of time. And he just paused and he goes, you mean the highest grossing box office movie star in the world, Tom Cruise? <laughs> And he did Tropic Thunder. <laughs> and, well, that's why I go, I go, well, he's done comedy. And Drew goes, hey, man. He goes, he goes, hey, man, if you can get his agent, you let me know. Well, step one, get his agent. Get his agent. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Boy, how scared would you and Drew be if well, he that, was like, yes. And you're like, you guys him, had go, to direct him? I, I, there's been a few names we floated that I go, man, I don't know if this is a good idea. It'd be great for the film. <laughs> But I don't think this is a good idea. Can you imagine having someone like Tom Cruise just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll do it. Right. Well, that was my thought because there are the outside chances that he's like, I don't need the money. I'm not doing anything that weekend. I'll fly to, I'll let them fly me. I believe in this project. I want to be a part of it. And you're like, "Uh," and he shows up on set. He's like, all right, guys, I read the script. I know my lines. All right. Where do you want me? Where do you want me? And you're just like, Hey, where do you want to be? What do you think? Because here's the thing, too, because imagine him being like, is that how you're going to light it? <laughs> every, every, every fucking everything that, that happens on set, I would be th- I'd be questioning. I wouldn't be paying attention. The only thing I'd be thinking is, is this real enough for him? Like, are we right. making this a real enough movie set? Because I don't think it is. Oh, my God. I cannot yeah. imagine the the diarrhea you guys would have. You know, well, we with, floated the, uh, with the, some of the other names. We floated J.K. Simmons, and I, same oh. thing. I was like, I don't think I could show up to set if he was on set, because I would oh. just, I would be way too intimidated to direct him. Michael Shannon was that another was gonna one be that we the floated. one I was gonna say. That guy would be so fucking intense. We reached out. We reached out to his agents. We just couldn't. Uh, we never heard back from. No, <laughs> we heard, no, we did hear back. I think I can't remember what happened. I know I, I we did hear back. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. He wasn't available or something, yada, yada, yeah. yada. But that was one of them that we thought, like, can you imagine? I go, that day I was like, Drew, you're going to handle talent that day. <laughs> I'm out. I'm, I'm out. out. I'm going to have diarrhea that day. Just yeah, so you exactly. know. I'm, I'm just, just calling it in. I'm calling in sick. I have explosive diarrhea that just day. Just scowling, like, what do you want me to do? Oh, boy. Um, that reminds me of a, a video I saw recently with Jake Gyllenhaal talking about his performance in October Sky. You mentioned October Sky, and yeah. he's acting against, I don't remember the character's, like the, the actor's name, but he played Conklin in The Born Identity. He's been in a lot of films. I don't remember his name. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Now it's going to, yeah. Uh, uh, I got it. I got it. It's Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper, yes. Um, but I haven't seen October Sky, but there's an there's a intense moment between Jake Gyllenhaal and Chris Cooper in that movie where they're like having an argument and Jake John Hall goes, you know, I used to think, you know, that being angry just meant shouting, you know, in your scene. He goes, so we do a couple takes and he goes, man, I am just shouting, shouting at this guy, just going at it really hard. And then we cut and then Chris Cooper goes, what are you doing? <laughs> and he goes, and my stomach, like he's, he's like, my heart just dropped. And he's just like, what, what do you mean? He's like, what are you doing? You're just yelling at me. He's like, listen to the words that I'm saying and let that 
let that affect you. And he goes, oh, my God, I screwed up. I'm screwing up. Oh, my God. But then, like, the next take, he did that. He, like, he pulled back, and he's, like, listening as Chris Cooper's, like, delivering these lines. He goes, and then I got actually mad. I got actually angry at what he was saying. He goes, and then we were good to go. But I needed someone to be like, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> You're killing me here. You're killing me just shouting at me. Like, this isn't working for me, you know? Bring the volume down so you can hear what I'm actually saying to you yeah. and react. Yeah. <laughs> you basically just go, like, I'm delivering your line, and you're going, because that's what's all you it's all you're doing is just shouting like that's right. that's not what i need from you and i'm like ah i love hearing stories like that there was a, a story have you ever seen the movie marathon man old it was in the 70s dustin so. hoffman sir Lawrence olivier um no i don't think there's so there's a there's a big there's a, a scene um uh, uh a root canal scene that Oof. is very yeah anyway uh, there's a story that goes, I don't know if it's true or not, but the story goes that um, Dustin Hoffman is supposed to, he's a long distance runner in the film, and he's supposed to be um, out of breath, winded from going for a run. So a couple of minutes before they call, he starts sprinting around set as fast as he can. He comes back and he's winded and he's out of, and Lawrence Olivier looks at him and goes, what are you doing? And he goes, well, I'm supposed to be winded. I'm just, I'm, you know, long distance running and this and this. He goes, have you tried acting? <laughs> <laughs> you can be like, I'm a method actor. I gotta go run a marathon and come back. Have you tried acting? Have you tried <laughs> acting? Well, there's this really great um, interview I saw with Tom Hiddleston, who um, was talking about I can't remember which movie it was, but it was directed by Spielberg, and he was playing like some sort of military guy that was leading a charge on a horse, and. Spielberg goes, how old is your character? He's like 25. He's like, all right, cool. He goes, when the camera starts on this side of your face, I want you to be 25. But by the time we come and come around to you and look you straight on, he goes, I want you to be a boy. And it, they showed the scene, like how it happened. And Tom Hiddleston just nailed it. He goes, that was some of the best direction I've ever gotten. That's Because it changed the way, because he was like, let's do this. And he's like, but then it's, you get the idea that as he's charging, he's like, holy shit. We're charging into battle, and it is an amazing. I'm fascinated by that stuff because I, I would I, love to know. I would love to know what film that is. That's yeah, so cool. I'm sure I could probably find it. Yeah, I we'll find it out was. later. Yeah, but it was it was so like yeah. oh my god. I, I'm fascinated by acting because I've I've tried it, and I'm like, I'm sure with more practice I could have gotten better. But yeah. the idea of there's a lot of uh, woo woo stuff that goes into acting that's just like yoga that I just can't. I can't commit to sure, <laughs> entirely sure, yeah. because a lot of it's just being vulnerable. And Well, and that's and, the thing. Yeah. You learn to do it with, with improv, though. Like, I feel like if you really wanted to, you you could. You would just have to get past that mental barrier. That yeah. Stops like you. improv was me hopefully being the butt of a joke. That's where I excelled. I was like, I'm the dummy or like, I'm the angry dad. Those were like my kind of my, my Jake guys. Gyllenhaal anger. Exactly. I was like, I get that. I yeah. get what he's doing because that's what I did. I'm like, oh, I'm angry and loud. You know, like it's just, yeah, I didn't have a lot of levers to pull. Um, but I'm fascinated because it, it, I can understand how emotionally exhausting it must oh, yeah. be to do. You see some of these scenes and you're like, Jesus Christ. Like you, you understand why some people lose their fucking minds mm -hmm. doing that craft because it's, it takes so much out of you. And you just like you have this very emotional thing and then you hear cut. All right, everyone back to one. We're going to try this again. <clears throat> it's like, right? OK, go again. Cry. It's like, fuck, you know, like, how do you. And that's yeah. your job. Your job is not only to know your lines, but also to be like emotionally connected so that in an instant you can get exactly where you need to be, you yeah. know?
I've heard, yeah, I've heard actors talk about some actors talk about how <clears throat> very similar to the story that you relayed. They have they need that other person. They they can get into the they can get into that emotional emotional state if they have that other person and they're genuinely reacting off the lines that they're being fed and that they can get that there. And there's some actors who are just like, yeah, I can just turn it on. It's like a switch, and yeah. it's just it's fascinating to see how everyone. It's just the gamut that it spans. I can't remember. It was I think it was on one of Tom Segura's podcasts, but someone was talking about how they were on the set with Meryl Streep. Oh. And at one point, you know, she goes, um, you know, can I get a sandwich, please? And everyone's like, Jesus Christ, someone go get Meryl Streep a sandwich. And like people are running around and she goes, what are you doing? It's my line. That was, <laughs> just, are you, was it Tom? Because he was on a Martin Short and uh, Steve it was. Martin were on Conan O'Brien. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Those guys. That's yeah. what they were talking about. She was yep. so good. Everyone's just like, oh, my God. And like they didn't know that she was acting. It was like, Jesus Christ. And, like when she was walking on stage, she had because they were in season three of Only Murders in the Building is what yes. she was on. And they were they're putting on a musical. And so she was walking onto the stage for a number and she kept tripping over this yes. wire. And Steve Martin, Martin shirt, like, is someone going to take care of this wire? And she's like, no, 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 this is a choice. So she's so <laughs> natural in how she delivers it that no one knows she's acting. Yeah, I love, it's I love that story yeah. where it's just like, Jesus Christ, someone save her. You know, she's like, this is what I'm doing. You know, like, yeah. oh, you're so good. <laughs> you're so good. Yeah, yeah. There was like yeah, three different three different versions of of that happening on that set, and they were just yeah. like, "Man, this is a masterclass." Yeah, and for so for them to be able to be wowed by that, you know, yeah, yeah. it's just it's it's absolutely incredible. I will say the opportunity that I have to express any sort of acting chops is in uh, my weekly D and D sessions, yes. uh, which I'm currently doing. Uh, Curse of Strahd for any of you D and D nerds out there, and it's been a lot of fun. Incredibly stressful at times because. This is a very cool pre-written campaign that involves a very awesome villain, Strahd. And uh, I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to play him in a cool way. And it's not easy. And I'm trying to be like, who is this guy? Let me get into Strahd. Who is he right now? <laughs> what would he do? How would he sound? Because he transitions to different things depending on what the ah, players do. Because at first okay. he's just sort of like dismissive, like, Meh, I don't really care about you. Yeah. I'll come say hello. I'll be kind. I'll be a gentleman. But then as the players progress and do things, he becomes more sinister and he becomes more like authoritarian. And then he becomes like a true monster. And I'm like, fuck, like, I got to find a way to get. I'm cool with the first stage. Right. Getting to the other stages is going to be challenging. Uh, but I'm also having fun, like, because this is like, these are all like, ro you know, Romanian or Russian names, like, uh, you know, uh, Victor or Vargas Velakovic and uh, Yevgeny and yeah. Nikolai. But I had this entire town is like, they're all Southern folks. That's how I play them. I was like, hey, of welcome course. to Velaki. My name's, uh, I'm a. Uh, Baron Vargas Velakovich, uh, burgomaster of this town. And some of the people are like, hey, man, what are you doing? That's, that's like a guard. I'm like, I'm playing against type. Oh, you know, I love Strahd it. could be like, I want to suck your blood. But I'm like, I'm playing him as like Agent Smith from The Matrix. Because uh, also I'm like, I can't keep up that accent, man. It's, sure, it's bad enough that's as the other it is. Thing, yeah. Just like, I'm not an accent guy. So yeah. like, you know, some people I can maybe make that work. But I'm like, I know Southern. <laughs> so this whole town's going to be a bunch of Southern bumpkins. That's what we're going to do. And that's <laughs> 
He went That's against gonna play. the grain so much. Yeah, I was like, I think it's fun. I was like, yeah, this is a bunch of Southern bumpkins in this town, and that's how they're going to talk. So whenever you're in Vallaki, it's Southern, you know? Yeah. I get it. It's fun. It's fun stuff. We're in uh, South Vallaki. Welcome to South Vallaki. What can yeah. I get you, you know? <laughs> you want a wolf steak? All right. That'll be two gold pieces, please. God damn it. Um, you, want, you want some barbecue sauce on that? <laughs> you want some bur- barbecue sauce on this thing? But we've been having an absolute blast. Um, just getting into shit and um watching uh the 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 gang just totally get into their characters and the last session i just kind of sat down for like 30 minutes and just listened to them role play with each other i was really? just like i was like i'm not doing anything i'm just listening to you all they're like asking each other questions as characters and like trying to be like what do you think about this what do you think about that i'm like this is fucking awesome and then like i had a scene with one of the characters as a as as you know one of the the other characters it was like going back and forth and i had so much fun doing that because i know what's going on <laughs> that's the hardest part for me is like i know <clears throat> everything that's going on and they don't trying not to lead them and i was like i tell them i'm like i want nothing more than just to give you mm-hmm. give you everything but i have to pull back and be like right. no no, I have to let you earn it. I right. can't just tell you what it is. And they're in a big quest hub right now, so they're just getting inundated with all these things that they can do. And they're like, fuck, what do we do? And I'm like, by the way, you triggered something else because you did this. So here's other stuff. And they're like, oh, my God. I'm like, I know. Just overwhelmed. But you fucking, you fucked up. So we got to do this now. Um, but I say all that because D&D has been so much fun for me in my, the short amount of time that I've played it. And I found this amazing article uh, from Vice called I originally heard this on the Philip DeFranco show uh, but it, it was called um, it's Dragons in the Department of Corrections and in Colorado's maximum security prison they use Dungeons and Dragons the, the inmates do uh, to collaborate and exercise their creativity and I found this to be absolutely fascinating because this is the last place I would expect anybody to be playing Dungeons and Dragons. I did not think this article was going to go the way it went. I yeah. thought it was going to be like, you know, there was this Dungeons and Dragons game going on and then the <laughs> word got around and now they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> like I did not think that it was going to be so well received and that the inmates, according to this article, of all different religions and gang affiliations and races and like people who in prison generally might be at each other's throats sit down at this table and they're halflings and they're orcs and they're barbarians and that's it like there's Mm -hmm. all these other things fall away and they are there with each other and it's fucking fascinating it's amazing to me because um if this is such a thing that i think Nowadays, it's becoming much more acceptable oh, yeah. to do this. Um, but even in like that prison setting, I can't imagine anyone be like, hey, man, you want to come play Dungeons and Dragons? And like, you want me to do what? It's like, you can pretend to be whatever you want. And they're like, right. yeah, man, fucking sign me up. You know, like, I'll be yeah. there. You know, like, the fuck? Well, there's there's that tale in here about the one dude who, uh, who didn't see eye to eye with him. Yeah. Kept trying so, to ruin the game. Yeah, so uh, it goes in here that, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, this guy, this dungeon master, they said they only get like exactly three hours 
like at of a time, time to like yeah. of group time. He goes, that doesn't, you know, that encompassing that is like showers, whatever. He's like, so they had a very specific window of time to play their game. And this guy would always come by and taunt them and give them shit and interrupt the game. And it got to the point where, uh, one day he couldn't take it anymore and he's like I told you to quit messing with us while we're playing our game and he jabbed his pencil in the bully's thigh multiple times he's like god damn it I'm trying to play and he just stabbed this guy um, <clears throat> where he got uh, he got put in solitary for that um, <laughs> needless to say yeah um, but I, I, I found this interesting because not only are the players able to suspend whatever you know the prison sort of like social laws and rules are meaning like you know two rival factions of gangs or people who are of different skin color or people who are of different faith they put they literally put that aside and come down and play this game and they're totally cool like that's the unwritten rules like while you're here we're playing this game and right. it helps them escape like this is such a great escape from everything they mentioned multiple times like the bravado of of prison is exhausting Mm -hmm. and in this game they can escape that and they can be something entirely else like whatever they want to be they can be that and i found that so incredible that it's even possible that people even take to this in prison yeah the because what did the i'm trying to find where it says here but he yeah he currently plays a female halfling and he dons a high pitched uh, a high pitched tone. Uh, clearly, offers a oh, and I never mind. yeah. He he pitch shifts his voice like he talks in a higher voice and like totally role plays a female character without any fear of repercussion or anything like that. And from you know uh, from his fellow inmates, I think this quote is is is, is perfect. He says, "When you're in a setting like prison where there's so much depends on bravado." To sit down and play a game that has the word fairy anywhere and it takes a certain self-confidence that I think demands respect. And you know yeah. what? That's fair. Like if I see some dudes sitting around a table and they're playing this in prison, I got I would probably look at them and go, those dudes don't give a shit. Yeah. Those are not the kind of guys you want to go fuck around with. Right. Yeah. Like, Obviously they because they'll shit. stab you in the thigh with a pencil. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Like, they don't give a shit. And it's interesting How? because some of these, like in some of these situations, like the guards are very supportive of it as well, where like they'll print out materials for them, maps, things like that. And sometimes they'll just hang out and watch as they play, yeah. which I think <clears throat> is very supportive. But it's also interesting because they're not allowed dice in prison. I was, when I saw that, I was wondering how they got around it. And I thought it's an ingenious solution. Yeah, they have they several different ways that they do it. I mean, I. I was hearing that, like, you know, they have uh, like a paper clip on a piece of paper that has numbers written and they spin it and wherever it lands is what it is. Sometimes it's just straight up. They get sheets of paper, put them in a cup and you just randomly draw out of it um, because dice it's like, you know, gambling most of the time. So right. like, yeah, you can't have those <laughs> can't have that shit here. Um, so they get very creative, just like most prison ingenuity is. They get very creative to find ways to roll the dice for uh, for whatever situation uh, they're going through, which I found fascinating. Uh, the one that they they talked about in here that I thought was really interesting was they got they use a set of twenty playing cards to make rolls. I'm like, that's again, fucking use what you got, right? Again, right. so you're you're not only not only are you stretching your imagination and you're being creative and you're coming up with story and narrative, you're also 
having to invent and get around limitations that you have in order to play this game. And it's, it, it really, it, it, at the end of the article, it starts to talk about how this can be used for almost rehab and, mm-hmm. and, and helping, helping people kind of figure out, uh, one person says that uh, to help explore their mental dungeons and slay their psychic dragons, like figure yeah. out what it is that they, what it is that they're repressing, what it is that they're not addressing, and they can figure it out through this game because they don't have to be themselves. They can use this character. They can use this, you know, this other, this other entity through which to speak and get this out. It's, 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 I've never thought about it as a form of therapy, but it's brilliant for that. It absolutely yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. I, it's, and it's, it's really, you know, it makes sense because you can play characters who are, are basically, get put in these moral situations, you know, and you can be like, based on my character, like, how are they going to respond? You know, are they a lawful good person like me all the time? Uh, where they're going to try and do the right thing or are they more like chaotic good where they're more selfish, sure. but still good. Are they just pure neutral? Are they an evil character? Which I'd argue you have to be an, in my opinion, an advanced player to play an evil character, because mm-hmm. if you're a noob, most people are like, I'm going to be evil. I'm like, you don't realize how, disruptive this is going to be to everything because also to be an interesting evil character requires a lot of skill because if you're going to just be like then just fucking be in rampage and be the villains in that movie okay because (laughs) that's basically what they were yeah but you can can you be an interesting evil character that has um i think lawful evil is the most interesting evil character for me because that's like a darth vader Mm -hmm. you know who Darth Vader believes in a set, a rule of law in his mind. He has like a set of, um, he has an ideology that he, he follows. He believes that order is important and everything like that is like, he's fascinating. He's evil, does terrible things, but he follows kind of like a set of laws. And I find those people, the chaotic evil ones are difficult because those people are just like the Joker. Yeah. You know, and he's interesting, but boy, it's difficult to be like, huh? (laughs) How do you tell a fun story with a chaotic evil person who's incredibly selfish and evil? Like, right. good luck. And if you're starting this game out, I'm like, I'm a chaotic evil guy. It's like, how? Why are you going to be with this group of anybody? Like, why, <laughs> why would you even? Right. You'd be a lone wolf, probably. Like, the Joker doesn't team up with people that much. You know what no, I mean? No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah. And when he does, he usually ends up fucking them up. Right. For good reason. Like, they they may do a quick like truce, but they're like, I don't trust this guy. <laughs> He's always up to something. Um, uh, yeah. What I did what I, in that vein, though, another thing I found very interesting was that a lot of these players in prison ended up siding with people who are lawful good, mm-hmm. which was very fascinating. And it makes you kind of wonder, like, what what is it that they're processing going through that they're you're in prison, you did something wrong, but you are aligned from a character perspective with lawful good. Is it something that you're interested in? Is it something that you feel is your truth and you just got caught up in something that you weren't able to get out of in the moment and that's what landed you in prison? Like, it just, it opens up such an interesting line of questioning. I think it also sheds a little bit of light on the idea of redemption. Mm -hmm. And listen, there are some real bad people in prison, right? That should probably be there. You know, the super murderers, the, uh, you know, sexual assaulters and things like that. There's people that are mentally broken 
that could probably use some mental <clears throat> help and also should not be with society. Sure. There's also people that are like, yeah, I fucked up, you know, and I made a mistake and, you know, I think it's 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 a flawed logic to be like anyone who's in prison is evil. <laughs> right. Oh, God, that's an absolutely flawed logic. Yeah. But a lot of people think that they're like, oh, you're in prison. <clears throat> right. You must have done something wrong. You're a bad guy. It's like, ah, I mean, I don't know. There's room for nuance in that sort of situation. So I find it interesting that people, you know, in this world, they can be a hero, you know. Right. And I think that is always an attractive thing to be the hero and to be the main character and to save the day, to work together, to solve problems. And who doesn't? That's why we like watching movies. That's why we like reading books. We want to hear these, these, you know, I watched Creed 3 today. I knew how it was going to end before I even watched it. I knew what was going to happen because it's fucking, it's a Rocky movie, you know, like, you know, what's going to happen. And I'm okay with that. I knew, I know, like, that's why I'm watching this. I'm watching this, you know, we're going to start high. We're going to dip low. We're going to do a training montage. We're going to have an intense fight and he's going to win. And we're going to be like, yeah, that's why we watch these movies. And it could be something similar with this where you're like, I mean, it's more random because you have dice involved, but it's like there's chance of like, am I going to succeed this or whatever and, and whatnot. And, but the idea of like, I'm going to try and overcome these obstacles with some of these other people who are probably sharing some similar life circumstances or like maybe moral conundrums in their own life. It, what a great, what a great opportunity to bond, oh, you know, yeah. and, and to, to do this sort of stuff. And one of the things I found very funny is like uh, some of the like supervisors of the prison are like, no, no to this because they're drawing maps and shit. And they think right. they're like basically trying to collaborate on a way to get out of prison, to break out of prison. They're like, what's with these maps? They're like, this is a map of the sword coast. This is Tribor. The beaver king of Tribor lives here. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just a bunch of nerds. And they're like, they're plotting a prison break <laughs> to be fair. The ingenuity of prison is is legendary, and someone would be like, "Oh, that, we're just playing." Yeah, I'm playing D and D too. How yeah. the fuck we get out? Now? <laughs> you know, it's like how we getting out of here. You know, this campaign is about people who escaped this dungeon underneath. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like also they're like they don't typically play those types of campaigns. They're not doing yeah. prison breaks or whatever. There's because no. they're like I'm in prison. I don't want to think about being in prison or trying to break out of prison. I want right. to. I want to be somewhere completely else. Completely I want to. I want to be in you know the uh, the Feywild and let yeah. let me be running free in a weird world. Yeah, I want yeah. to have wild magic coursing through my veins, so when I rage, anything can happen. You know, bingo. <laughs> They just want to be Ash Fallbreaker. That's all it is. Ash Fallbreaker. Um, yeah. I, I, this is just my opportunity to say, if you have not tried Dungeons & Dragons, if you're curious about Dungeons & Dragons, ask me questions. Uh, find a place. It's so easy to play Dungeons & Dragons these days, but I will say two things. One, make sure you make time in your schedule schedules mm-hmm. time is the biggest killer of campaigns and two make sure you find a good group of people to play with mm-hmm. because the bad group of people can ruin your experience forever so but it is incredibly accessible if you're curious and kind of want to see what it's like check out the game Baldur's Gate 3 that has that's based in the world of D&D and there's a lot of D&D elements to it which are a lot of fun that can kind of kind of get your dip your toes into um, this world of D&D and see whether or not you like it, but it's so much fun. I love it so much. I'm glad it's a part of my life. And, um, you know, all I, I don't have anyone in my house to talk to about it because Jill 
does not give a shit. I had such a fun session on Sunday. I'm like trying to explain it to her. And she's like, you know, has her book on her chest. Like, you know, I was reading when you came in here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're telling me all about this town of Vallaki, St. Andrew's Church. You know, like, OK, I'm glad your sure, thing is like, I'm glad you're having fun. That's like her. <laughs> like yeah. when you know, we were doing ours. Yeah. I would I would go downstairs all the time, and Beth would afterwards, and she go, "Did you win?" And I'd be like, I'm, "Thank you for asking." That's, that's, <laughs> bless you. Yeah. There's there's times where Natalie would be like, "Oh my god, we gotta go tell mom this." I go, "Mom loves us, Natalie, but mom does not care. Yeah. She does not care about anything that just transpired. I care. You care. She's happy for us, but she doesn't need to know the details." Like, <laughs> "Oh, mom, guess what? I just did this game." Like, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. She loves doesn't us, but she doesn't care. Yeah. She'll come up and be like, great job, guys. But she doesn't need to know the details. <laughs> She'll support us, but she Absolutely. doesn't care. She's happy for us, yeah, but exactly. does not want to know the full story. It's so. a very practical response, if you will. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. You got the questions, we got the answers. All you do is ask. Practical, 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 practical. Practical Doug. Mm. Mm. So if you haven't been here for Practical Doug before, where the fuck have you been? That's what I was going to say. Come on. Practical Doug is a small Doug that lives inside of Large Doug and guides Large Doug and all of, uh, uh, through all of life's quandaries, its quagmires, its questions, its mysteries. And if you want to get an answer from Practical Doug, if you want to ask Practical Doug any social media, at MindGetPodcast and hashtag AskPracticalDoug, uh, when I say any social media, you can do it on X, but we're not on there. So not any social media. Mindgappodcast at gmail.com, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Those are the ones. Or you can join our Discord where there's mm -hmm. a channel dedicated and set aside for all things Practical Doug. And if you do a really good question, you might get on the show. Today, we're going back to the well that runneth over. Uh, the Am I the Asshole subreddit. And so today, Douglas, Flat Blueberry 4469. Heads up, this one's a little long. This but is I a think it's, But I think it's worth it. Okay. So everyone, yeah. protect your butts. We're getting into it. I got. I, I, need, to, I need to drink some tea and honey with, uh, mm -hmm. with, with reading this. <clears throat> so Flat Blueberry 4469 asks... Am I the asshole for abandoning my daughter on vacation? See, these, these, these titles are incredibly misleading sometimes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to read this. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, I do. This one's good. They go on to say, my wife and I have always dreamed of celebrating our 40th anniversary with a luxurious vacation. Just the two of us relieving, reliving the romance of our early years. We had it all planned out for years now, and we're excited beyond words. Enter our adult daughter, Jane. Jane and her husband got wind of our plans and promptly invited themselves and their two children, a nine-year-old female and a five-year-old male, along. I originally put my foot down and told them this trip was just for us, which upset her, which upset her some. But my wife has a hard time saying no to Jane, as she is the youngest of our children and our only daughter, and she didn't want to hurt her feelings, so she reluctantly agreed to let them join. I wasn't thrilled about it at the time, but I want to make my family happy, and I knew my wife was also okay with the idea of a family trip, even though she was heartbroken we wouldn't get our romantic trip. We went along with it. The place we were originally going was not child-friendly, so we changed course and decided on an all-inclusive, family-friendly resort. We paid for the resort and our grandchildren's plane ticket. 
Jane and her husband only had to pay for their own airfare. Here's where things get complicated. As the vacation got closer, I started having a change of heart. I realized that our 40th anniversary was a once a was a once in a lifetime milestone and I wanted to honor it in a way that was true to our original plans. But sex Bingo. My wife and I may not be able to afford a trip like this again for quite some time, and it's something we always wanted to do. So without Butt consulting... <laughs> Sorry. So that's that's consulting, the last one. Sorry. No, I'm expecting one more. They come in threes. That's what she said. So without <laughs> consulting anyone, I switched our tickets last minute to go to the romantic destination that my wife and I had originally planned for. Real quick. All in, and this might be covered. I haven't read ahead, but all inclusives. I didn't think that it was that easy to get a refund on them. Switching tickets and shit. That's that's impressive that they pulled it off. I mean, yeah, it doesn't necessarily say you got a refund. So, all right. I did not tell Jane or her husband. I didn't even tell my wife until the day before our flight left, which was a first of all. That's some Chris Cochran energy right there. Oh, that's some real Chris Cochran energy of like I'm going to do this and not tell you until it's too late. Right. Uh, didn't even tell them before a flight left with the day before Jane's flight left for their vacation. <clears throat> it wasn't an easy decision and I feel guilty about it, but I wanted our 40th anniversary to be the special intimate celebration we had always hoped for. We called Jane after we landed to tell her she was, and she was extremely upset to say the least. She seemed, she seemed of the idea that we were going to look after our grandkids so she and her husband could have alone time. And now that I w- abandoned her, they would have to do, <laughs> do it all themselves. I hung up on them when my son-in-law started shouting and my wife and I enjoyed the rest of our trip. They came back the same day we did but have not answered any of our texts and Jane seems to be ignoring me. My wife told me she vastly preferred our trip to the family trip we would have taken, but she still doesn't like how Jane is mad at us and wants me to apologize. I'm not sure I want to after learning Jane and her husband were using us for free babysitting and a free trip, but I feel like I should just I should just to keep the peace. Am I the asshole for changing our trip destination last minute and leaving Jane and her family to fend for themselves? It's so funny. I had my mind made up on this, but now as you told it, like I feel like I've changed. I think I've switched my my position on this. All right, let's hear it. Um, so, because there's, there's a lot of, it's like Natalie's doing some math problems now where they're like, hey, here's a math problem, but we're teaching you that not all, not all this stuff is relevant to the right. main question at hand. Sure, okay. It'd be like, Dan has 13 coins and his sister has five. His mom's birthday is on the 3rd of July. How many coins do they have together? You're like, right. what? You're like, that's it's very simplistic. I feel like that's the case here where there's a lot of details yeah. that don't get at the core of the very basic situation of what's going on here. There's ancillary things that you can maybe look at by itself but at the core of this let's break down what happened this guy and his wife were going on their 40th anniversary trip they wanted to go on their own to a very specific place their daughter kind of self-invited herself or encouraged them or influenced them to include them he agreed they booked everything and then shortly before the trip he changed everything in secret and didn't tell anyone until the day before. And then he and his wife went on their own trip. And their daughter went on their own trip. And then everyone's mad. Right. Now, 
the the superfluous details are I found out that my daughter wanted us to watch the kids so that they could have their own thing. Like, listen, if that's true, that's shitty. Okay. Is it shitty that this, that his daughter kind of like invited herself in a lack of self-awareness of like, it's a 40th wedding anniversary trip. I'm going to invite myself in. That sucks. I think that's shitty of her to do that. But this guy made a unilateral decision on his own, made adjustments, didn't tell anybody, and then just did his own thing. Right. That to me reeks of cowardice. Yeah. That's a Chris Cochran move right. to pull some shit like that. And I'm glad because at the end of the, at the core of this, I agree with him. I'm like, you should enjoy your 40th wedding anniversary. Do what you want to do. Absolutely. But also have the courage to tell your daughter no. Right. You're- and he blames it. He blames it on his wife being like, ah, she's too soft. But she did it anyway. Yeah. You did it anyway, and yeah. you make it seem like she's like, I'm so happy we you did that for us. It's like, you can't have a fucking conversation with your wife and your right. daughter to be like, hey, this is for us, okay? You go on your own vacation, all right? This is our 40th wedding anniversary. We get, the, we get one of these. We've been playing this for a while. This is our thing. I'm, I'm glad you want to spend time with us. I'll see you at Christmas, but we're doing this for ourselves now. And we don't want you, you know, I love you, but this is just for us. Have that difficult, crucial conversation. Don't switch shit at the last second and then be like, oh, I hung up on them because they were yelling at me. Well, no shit. Right. They were expecting that you were going to be there. Now, whether or not it was to watch the kids is irrelevant. The expectation is that you were all going on a family trip together. And then you were like, nah, just kidding. We're in a different place. Have fun. And I'm sure his thing is like, well, we still paid for it. That's not the point. The point is you switched it up last second and didn't tell anybody. That's a bitch move. Right. You're an asshole. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I think the, 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 the thing that's the kicker for me is uh, where was it? We called Jane after we landed to tell her. It's not even yeah. like we told her a day. You know, I waited the day before, and that, that like we called Jane when we landed and said, "Oh, by the way, we're not going to be there tomorrow." By we're the in a way, whole we're in a different, different geographical yeah. location than exactly. you. Exactly. I yeah. the, the 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 general the very very baseline thing here of Jane hijacking this. I, is bullshit. Jane Jane is an asshole for doing yes. that. Like to start. Absolutely. The the daughter is an asshole for doing that to start. Um, you know, I, I originally put, I put my foot down. Uh, my wife has a hard time saying no to Jane. She's the youngest. Again, that should have been a conversation between Flat Blueberry four four six nine and his wife. Uh, you know, and 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 they should have squared that away to start with. Um. Or when you get if, if if it's coming as it draws nearer, like and you were having them second thoughts, like you said, then sit down. There were multiple points, either at the very beginning when the idea was first floated, or anywhere along the timeline between then when the tickets were booked and when the actual trip happened. That conversation could have happened anywhere yes. in there. That conversation could have happened, or multiple conversations could happen. Some sort of a compromise could have been reached. You know something. To, to pull that is an asshole move. I understand. I'll say this. I understand why he did it. Mm-hmm. I empathize with why he did it, but it was an asshole move. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He was an asshole for doing that. Because yes. I also like how he signs it off. Like, am I asshole for changing our trip destination last minute and leaving Jane and her family to fend for themselves? Right. That implies that he doesn't think they can handle anything on their own. I don't like how he's like, by the way, I paid for all this. That's an irrelevant detail. Right. That's a Chris Cochran guilt trip thing. It's like, <laughs> they're not being grateful. Yeah. They can't plan for this themselves. They can't afford this. Maybe that's true. Right. Based on my baggage and my family history, that sounds like a fucking power play. That sounds like you are looking down on your children that they can't fend for themselves. Right. And that whatever, like those are details that tell me a lot about who this person is. Yeah. And this, this is a, this is a move where it's like, it's a power move that is absolutely him being an asshole because he doesn't have, I'm assuming he's the same age as my parents. And so I'm assuming in a lot of ways too, he doesn't have the communication skills, obviously doesn't have the communication skills to sit down and have a fucking conversation. Instead, yeah. he takes drastic measures, which just, torch relationships right so and i'm with you i agree with him jane is a dick for inviting herself and her family into their, their that shouldn't be a thing no they shouldn't have even considered that that's a dick move to do that yeah but to be like i don't have the courage to have a conversation with anybody and by the way we had the best time again i feel like this is, my mom wrote this you know <laughs> she's being like your father and i are just we had the best year of our life did you did you yeah did you have the best year of your life alone in Kirksville, Missouri, surrounded by nine cats, they're just pissing all over your house. You have no friends. Was it the best year of your life? Or are you just trying to project that semblance of strength as if that, like, <laughs> everything's hunky dory over here? We all know it's not. All right. We all know it's not. So just be like, we had so much fun. It's like, okay, congrats. You're an asshole. You doing okay, Doug? <laughs> I'm doing great. Fucking great. Doing fucking great, man. My new approach <laughs> to my family situation is now hearing out pure sarcasm. All right. I love it. People don't know the details. I'm having trouble with, with my parents. Haven't spoke to them, and it's coming up on a year now. Zero. It, and not my so, not by, It's not so by my, horrible my, because you're doing this. I'm laughing my ass up over it's here. It's funny, it's, though. From, from, an, from an outside perspective, this sounds horrendous. If you knew all the details, uh, anyone listening, Listen, you, you would 100% Doug is not the asshole. All you know I've tried to talk to them and they won't talk to me. So I've yeah. done everything I can. It, yeah. I'm cool. But I've also realized they're not going to change. Yeah, They're in their mid to late 70s. They are stuck in their ways. So instead of taking this situation seriously, I'm going to take a comedic approach to it. There you go. And I have ideas. I have all sorts of ideas Ooh. on how to possibly poke the bear We're and have talk. fun with it. Because what else am I going to do? Right. So we're going to talk yeah. off mic about that. Yeah. So. But as far as this goes, uh, <laughs> it is decided the asshole. You're the asshole, pal. You're the asshole, pal. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Justin, what do you got to recommend this week? So there's a new series on Apple TV Plus called Lessons in Chemistry. It's based off a novel of the same name, stars Brie Larson and Lewis Pullman, which Bill Pullman's son didn't realize he had a son. Yeah, did I? Jill was talking about this because she's a voracious reader and she talked yes. about how she wants to watch this show. Uh, two episodes are out. Third is coming out this Friday. Uh, I don't know how many are in the season, but so far, big fan. I think it's uh, it's pretty good. Uh, so I will be continuing this and I say uh, jump on board early and uh, you know don't get left behind the lessons in chemistry train. 
It's um, synopsis. In the 50s, Elizabeth Zott's dreams of becoming a scientist is challenged by society that says women belong in the domestic sphere. So she accepts a job on a TV cooking show and sets out to teach a nation of housewives way more than recipes. Basically, she teaches them how to cook with science. And, oh. Uh, it's, uh, okay. it's, she teaches them how to cook with sex. With sex. <laughs> it teaches them more than cooking. <laughs> fucking hot. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's really good. Uh, the chemistry between Brie uh, Larson and Lewis Pullman is really, it's great. I like the I like the two of them as uh, as a joint um, protagonists. So cool. Um, yeah, uh, according I would to the internet, the there's going to be eight episodes. So well, there you go. And I'll be curious to see if, since it's based on a book. I'll be curious to see if there's a season two. Um, yeah, yeah. So far, first two episodes, uh, very cool. I also think that we will be seeing a potential Emmy nod for uh, art department and set deck. Uh, it mm. is, it's really. I mean, obviously, it's set in the fifties. They did a really good job with this. So I'm very much, from a f- filmmaking visual standpoint, really enjoying this. Nice, very cool. Yeah. What do you got, Dougie? Uh, some of you may not know this, but Blink One Eight Two has a new album coming out this week. And I'm very excited about it. Blink-182 is one of my favorite bands of all times. And they've been releasing... They don't really... You know, nowadays with music stuff, it's like they release several tracks off the album before it drops, which I'm also... I'm all here for. Um, And some of the songs, like, just probably aren't my my jam. But they have a song out called Dance With Me. uh, Mm -hmm. And I've been listening to it on repeat. And it is like a perfect amalgamation of like classic Blink One Eight Two and also some of their newer stuff. And I okay. played it for Natalie, and I played it for Jill. I played it for Natalie. I go, hey, I dare you not to dance to this song because it has got such a catchy fucking chorus yeah. that I'm like, oh my god, this song would be amazing live. I just imagine everyone singing along and everything like that. And Natalie just starts hearing it, and she starts starts she starts she goes, Dad. My butt's moving and I can't stop it. And she starts like dancing. And then before I know it, like she's just, we're all just running around the house dancing to it. And then I'll I just sing it. the chorus. I sing the chorus to Jill and she's like, fuck you. Now that's stuck in my head. I'm like, you're welcome. I love it. I'll have to um, check this song out. Uh, Dance With Me by Blink-182. I believe their album, I think they said is coming out on the 20th. Sometime this week it's coming out. So uh, I'm looking forward to checking out the whole album and I'll give, you know, I'll give you all an update as soon as it comes out. But you can check out dance with me now on youtube spotify all that good stuff so check it out there you go so wait blink 182 releases an album first one in a long time i'm assuming yes uh right around the same time that the rolling stones released their first album in like 18 years Mm -hmm. coincidence no probably maybe i don't know i mean all three of them are back tom DeLonge's back in the band and everything so right i don't i mean that's again we're talking is one of the tracks about aliens Nah, nothing I know of okay. yet, but, you know, we'll find I'll be, out. I'll be sorely disappointed if it's not. I mean, they have an old song about aliens called Aliens Exist. That's off of their Enemy of the State album, so it they goes way a, back. They needed a new, a new, more unhinged version of that. Right? It's called I Told You So. <laughs> it goes, I told you so. I told you so. I, I, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Hey, gang, did you know you can find us? <laughs> Real drastic departure from their, their sound. Yeah, you can find us on all our social medias at Monogat Podcast. Again, all those social medias are Instagram, TikTok, Threads, technically. We don't really check it that often. And you can email us, uh, mindgappodcast at gmail.com for all that good stuff. Check out the links in the description down below for uh, Discord, 
Join our family there. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash mindgappodcast, and our merch at merchbubble.com. Also, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash mindgappodcast. If you're just listening to this, you can actually watch these episodes on YouTube. You can also see all of our clips. I also live stream, uh, usually on Fridays and or Saturdays. Uh, I think we're thinking a new Jackbox comes out this week, so we may oh, be doing a new Jackbox. Nice. Uh, this uh, this week, so we'll, that should be fun. But uh, yeah, we tend to just have a good time, grand old time. Come hang out with us. We love to we love to have you around. And be sure to check out Justin online as well on Instagram at Justin underscore Michael spelled M I K E L. It's a fun way of spelling it. And while you're in the online realm, check us out on any platform where you can find and consume podcasts. While you're on there, share, subscribe, rate, review, like all those things. And uh, to Tuesdayth and all social media. Loveandimprovfilm.com. Love and Improv Film on Instagram. Yeah. Well, Justin, this has been a delight. Thank you so much. Douglas, I feel the same way, and thank you. Awesome. And to our listeners and to our viewers, thank you so much. We love you. Have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.